0: Coming up in this episode, we've got tech talk with the professor of Harley, Randall Lewis. So stick around. Shut up and sit down.
1: Welcome to Random Thoughts from the Road on the Ozark Rides digital network. Conversations about motorcycles, any random thoughts that pop into our head, and of course, what are the best places to ride in America, the Ozark Mountains of Missouri and Arkansas. And now, here's your host from OzarkRides.com, Craig Allen and Randy Lewis.
2: Honda Power Sports and Marine is your go-to place for everything Honda. We have Honda street bikes, dirt bikes, and scooters. We have Honda ATVs and side-by-sides. We have five highly competent, red-level certified technicians for all your Honda service needs. We even have Honda Power Equipment and Honda Marine Products. Established in 1996, and we are still locally owned and operated. Check out Harlan Honda Power Sports and Marine. Exit 72 in Springdale. For your safety, read the owner's manual. wear a helmet, eye protection, always wear your seatbelt, and keep side nets doors closed. ATVs and side-by-sides subscribers 16 years and older.
1: There he goes, finally off to work. You know, it's been six months since his accident. He just got his new bike, was going to take it for a spin around the block. Some idiot looking at his phone, ran a stoplight and plowed right into him. Steve was hurt pretty bad. Thank goodness he was wearing a helmet. And thank goodness for Schmidt Law Firm. Motorcycle accidents happen. Schmidt Law Firm will prove negligence and help you get full recovery. Find them online at KansasCityLawyers.com. Put Schmidt Law Firm on your side of the table, because motorcycle accidents do happen. There's no better way to top off your ride through Pulaski County, Missouri, than to spend some time floating peacefully downstream and dipping your toes in the cool currents of their pristine waterways. Whether you float by kayak, canoe, or raft, float trips are the heart of the Ozarks. Nearly 100 miles of twisting waterways, including the Big Piney and Gasconade Rivers, each offering unique float experiences and scenery. Rubido Spring, with its pristine waters providing the perfect natural swimming hole, plus a labyrinth of submarine caves and caverns. Local outfitters ready to make your trip effortless with gear such as life jackets and vessels, including inner tubes, paddle boards, kayaks, and canoes. Numerous hotels, campgrounds, and RV parks are ready to host your group. Plan your trip by taking the online tour at visitpulaskicounty.org.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Random Thoughts from the Road. With me, as always, is Monsignor and Professor Randy Lewis (laughs) from Little Old Bike Works in Urbana, Missouri. How are you, sir?
2: Good. What's up, Double Ds?
0: Uh, they're, They're down to a C cup. Ooh. Dropping weight.
2: Yeah.
0: You're a hateful soul.
2: <laughs> yes, I am.
0: You come in, you take a swig of whiskey, you got a beer in your hand, yep. and all of a sudden you'll feel card blanche, start busting my balls.
2: Shit talking USA right here. That's
0: what you look forward to. Yep. So, did anything interesting happen to you this week?
2: Yeah, homeboy. Actually, the past couple weeks have been a little bit interesting and exciting for me nonetheless. So, through the powers of whatever, I actually have... Brothers and a sister, unbeknownst to everybody.
0: Frankly, that's a little frightening.
2: (laughs) It is that there's more people out there similar to You have a
0: brother that's an actual doctor, don't you?
2: Uh, He's not a doctor. He is a physician's assistant. Close. Close enough. Very, very close. Yeah. Yeah, Who's also in the military. And his wife was in the National Guard for a while as well. Um, My oldest brother was in the Navy for a long time. Both my grandparents were in the Navy. So... We come from a long line of losers and military people. (laughs) So anyway, three or four weeks ago, I guess, I think it was around Thanksgiving, my little brother, who's younger than me by, I don't know how many years, two, three years, something like that, come to me and he's like, look, I fucking hate my job. The guy I work for is a douche. You know, I'm run ragged, I'm all the time on the roads. He used to splice copper and fiber optics. So he's like, you know, I get paid decent for where we're at, but the shit that I have to deal with is ridiculous in years ago when I was starting my shop and my business and it was starting to pick up even more. I offered him a job and he's like, man, I make too good of money, blah, 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 blah. So he approaches me and he says, look, I want to quit and I'd be looking for a different job. Is the offer still there? And I'm like, well, fuck, you know, it's a hard time of year. What you need to get paid is way over what you're worth going to be harder for me in the shop financially to pay you what you need to be paid to live and be supported. And so we come to terms and come to agreement. And I hired my brother, which is cool because then you have that older brother. I've knocked him down so much over the years of just being brothers that now there's a little bit of a fear factor as well.
0: That's something I never understood. Now I'm the youngest. I have two
2: older brothers. You got your ass kicked all the time. No,
0: (laughs) those two fought like, Dogs just out on the front lawn, I mean, fist yeah. swinging. Yeah, and uh, my dad was the kind of guy that would say, You know, no show here, yeah, let them work
2: it out, no weapons, but get no. down.
0: But none of them ever attempted to t- touch me because they, they, you, the yeah, yeah, you were the baby, yeah. They protected me. Anybody that whooped on me when I was a little kid,
2: oh, yeah, I bet your oh. ass they're catching one.
0: Oh, they 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 went to town on them.
2: So, my brothers and I. I mean, we all have our differences. Yeah, we have our differences. So I hired my little brother, and he's a mechanical person. He really is. Like, it's some people are just built that way, and some people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little backstory on him is he also is big into dirt cars, race cars. Mm -hmm. He's crew chief for a couple of people and really, really did well. Like, that's been his thing. Like, he loves dirt track racing for whatever reason. Anyway, so he's a mechanical person. Hire him in the shop. And I told him when he, I hired him, I was like, look, you're going to work here. And in the first couple of weeks, you're going to get this bug that you want a motorcycle. You know, like it, but understand that that's going to happen. Like you're going to want a motorcycle. It's just how it is here. No shit. Two weeks later, he starts, hey, what do you think about this bike? What do you think about this bike? I've got some for sale and he's picked out the you ones can that, see it. Yeah, that he wants. And if I, if I knew how to ride a motorcycle, I'd buy this bike right now bullshit like that so anyway week three comes along and every morning that week he's showing me new bikes what do you think about this what do you think about this what do you think about this and i'm like yeah that's all that's all great um found it in his mind can't have anything but a harley i'm like all right you know he's got a little bit of bones here he can get this shit figured out most people want to start with like this
0: is normally where i would insert a smart ass remark but i'll <laughs> leave it alone yeah
2: most people want to be like hey i need to buy me like a little kawasaki or honda to learn on and then i might get one and i told him i said that'll be great. I said, you could definitely do that. They're cheap. They're inexpensive. You can beat them up. You'll never regain your investment back out of it. You will outgrow it six months to a year. And then you're going to probably want a Harley because I, I'm not buying anything other than a Harley unless it's vintage shit like that. Anyway. And I said, you're going to want one. So just find you a Harley to start with and you'll always be happy.
1: Oh, Oh, happy day happy
2: day so i've got this old shovel head that's been in my shop for a long time it's one of my personal bikes it's one i bought that was going to be when i sold all my new stuff was going to be my main ride but through being busy i you know i just didn't do shit with it very much so it's around a little after thanksgiving time and he sees it over there and he's like well you know what's a skinny on this bike and i'm like oh it's one of mine blah 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 Maybe once we slow down we'll try to get it running and maybe you can maybe you can learn to ride it. And you could just ride one of my bikes until you really learn and have the money to buy your own. So then the next week we got a it was a Saturday, I think it was I don't know. We had a couple hours in the very end of the day on a Saturday that I was like, you know, I'm I'm fucking cooked. You know, we've had a hard week. I'm just let's do something fun for a second. So blow
0: off some steam.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I drug it out, put it on a lift, or it was on a lift actually, just shit stacked around it. So we moved it all out and I went through it, drained the gas out of it, put new fresh fuel into it, you know, triple check the timing, clean the carburetor up on it. And I already put a handful of a dollar bills into this bike doing little changes that I wanted to do to it. And that's some bitch fired right up. And he just lost, you could see it click in his mind. His eyes lit up and he's like, whoa, that's cool. So I give him the little history lesson, as I always do. I'm an over-explainer. Anyway, we get it running. See, nobody would guess that about you. No, (laughs) no. Back it off the lift, and I go run it up and down the street. Fucking brakes don't work very well on it. You know, i got to bleed the brake systems and go through the brakes. They don't work very well for shit. So I'm blasting it up and down the highway, and he's hooked. So it tripped his ass out, and I was like, all right, man, your turn. And he instantly asshole puckered oh no 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 I'm like I don't give so he really doesn't know how to ride or never ridden a motorcycle in his life
0: never even not as a kid
2: no 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 money bikes nothing we had a we had a dirt bike growing up and my two older brothers and me just abused the shit out of it and there's a story with him and that dirt bike that I won't get into right now so he's ridden a dirt bike maybe once or twice in his life and he's 30 something years old so I was like all right your turn man It's one down four up actually one down three up because it's an old four speed bike. So I've got a big field out behind my shop and I'm like, this is how you do it. This is what you look for. You know, give him the runaround of early beginner riding,
0: Uh you know,
2: and that little fucker gets on it and he made, I don't know how many laps, like just out there riding out there riding
0: on the road or in the field. In In the the field? field. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And he's hooked. So now that's all it's been for the past two weeks. You're since like a that. drug dealer. Yeah, man. I got to suck the hook into him. Now Now he's dead set. He's buying that bike from me. He's already got it planned out, what he wants to change, how he, he wants to paint it. The paint's pretty good on it now, but it's a maroon. And that's the reason why I bought this bike is because it's very similar to my son's motorcycle. The way I've put the bars up, the way I've set it up, it looks really, really close to my son's motorcycle just way older so anyway he wants to buy it so that's the kind of feel-good thing like how harleys will infect you and how you have to have one and so now you
0: have slave labor in order to
2: pay for that bike no he's he's getting his weekly check and he's just going to pay me for it Oh, okay granted it's it's a net retail lower than what it's necessarily well his family yeah yeah and it's his first bike and it's his first harley and it's just cool. So now he's getting the bug of how cool it is and how cool it is to have an old Harley and how freaking sick it's going to be. So he he's dead set on getting it, fixing a couple little things and making it where it is. So this summer he could be riding it back and forth to work every day. Oh, it's just sick. It, it is. And I build my daughter's bike right now and it's progressing. And now his mind's turning like mine is. Is she on your
0: ass about let's get it done?
2: No, hell no, she's not. She's interested, but she's so. She's like, I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about what it's supposed to look like or how it's supposed to be that she's lost putting the input in, and it pissed me off. In fact, I think it was Saturday, maybe it was Friday, I frick, I can't remember. She came in to print some stuff off at my computer for school, and we were just putting the wheels onto it, making the frame a roller. And my little brother, Ryan, was so stupid excited he's like you gotta come out here and see your bike you gotta come out here and see your bike and she smarted something off about it and i fucking lost my mind like pissed i was like you know what i'm putting all this money and effort and energy into it the least you can do is be appreciative i don't want to hear your smart ass comments about it and I ended up making her cry shitty dad moment
0: nah i mean i raised a daughter teenage daughters are unstable
2: <laughs> and she's 15 right now so yeah you very can unstable So, but then she got really excited, and then she's kind of been a little bit more outwardly interested in it and telling me how excited she is and how cool it is and how appreciative she is. When
0: do you think it'll be completed?
2: I've probably got a couple months left, maybe. Yeah. As I go, I'm trying to find right colors for powder coating and, and coatings and stuff. So, right now, I still got to pinstripe the tank and clear coat the tank, but.
0: Do you have everything to put together?
2: No, not entirely. I still need to, we've kind of been back and forth or I've been back and forth rather on doing it very kind of modern and easy with like control housings and all the switches or making it stupid chopper-like and internal throttle, no control housings. um, And then the buttons on it, like aesthetically, it needs to be a certain way for me, but still user-friendly for her a new rider. Electric or kickstart? It's electric start. Um, Typically, I won't run turn signals or anything, but we're putting turn signals on it. We're putting a horn on it. She will be the only kid
0: in school pulling up on a Harley.
2: Yeah, she will.
0: On a motorcycle, period.
2: On a motorcycle, period. On a Harley, for sure. On a custom Harley, absolutely. There was one girl, you know the family very well, one percenter. She rode a a sportster to school, but it was a stock sportster. This bitch is going to be like, it's a sh- it's a show bike, uh, high like everything modified, everything different, and it's an old one. It's an Ironhead Sportster, nonetheless. So, well, that'll be cool. It's gonna be sick. So
0: let's get on to the subject at hand. We've got a question from a listener from Joplin, Missouri. His name is Tony.
2: That's right around the corner. A,
0: yeah, I'm gonna assume it's a E. And we've touched on this quite a few times, but this is a little bit different. Um, he asked, is the stage one, two, and three worth it? And what are the differences between? Sure. And what would make a person want to go to that?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talk about the Harley world, stage one, stage two, stage three. Stage one is air intake, high flow mufflers, and a tune. If it's a fuel injected vehicle, if it's a carbureted vehicle, it's just adding jet sizes to make sure that the bike is running Air fuel mixture appropriately. Stage two would then be air intake, high flow mufflers, tune, and camshafts. Nice set of cams. The more you can breathe in, the more you can breathe out. The more power you're going to end up making.
0: Is that going to give you a little bit better uh, potato, potato, potato?
2: Depending on your cam choice, yeah. So fuel injected bikes don't get that old potato, potato, potato sound very much. They carry. They yield a little bit higher idle RPM. So, carved bikes usually idle somewhere around 800-900 RPMs. Fuel-injected bikes usually idle somewhere around 1000-1100 to 1, if it's a little bit fast. So, that, that little bit of RPM difference takes that potato-potato-potato away. Now, there's little tricks that you can do to try to get some of that back, but none of them are that great. Then you talk about stage 3, which would then be all of that, as well as a big bore kit. So, big bore... Usually you go from an 88 to a 95 or a 96 inch. Now there's other aftermarket companies out there that'll bump you up to at the most a hundred inch on a non-stroked motor. Now you can stroke the motor, which is changing the stroke of the piston, which while doing that, you end up having to do uh, machining on your cases to allow for the piston to come down a little bit further. That's a whole nother deal. Then you go from there to a stage four system which would be all of that with a lot of head work. Stage five would be all of that, the head work, bigger injectors, bigger throttle body, just everything being done. So that's kind of the way it sets it up. Everybody that I know, most everybody, as soon as they buy a Harley, the first thing they want to do is make it louder. Now with fuel injected bikes, if you do just mufflers, you don't have to retune. You're, you're well within range. Just throw a set of high-flow mufflers on there that give you a better sound. For the majority of people, that's all they really want, the more sound. Now, it doesn't really give you a net increase of power and torque. It's, it's very minimal at best. And then if you really want to do the job right or do it well, you throw a high-flow air intake on there with a set of high-flow mufflers or high-flow head pipe and mufflers. So with Harleys, there's the difference between just throwing mufflers on it and then throwing head pipes on it and mufflers. So the head pipes are what actually comes out of the cylinder head and runs back to your mufflers. On touring bikes through the 90s and early 2000s, they had a split rear head pipe. It came right out of the head. One pipe went over to the left side of the bike, and then they also had a pipe that went down to the right side, which is your front cylinder. So I think they called it like an H-pipe back in the day or some something like that. I've hated those ever since they came out with them. Usually you'll see like 20% flow out of that left side muffler underneath your saddlebags and the majority of it comes out the right side. It's a good way to balance the cylinders and get rid of some of that fighting reverberance between each cylinder puffing its own exhaust out. It kind of balances the the exhaust purge. So it's nice as far as that goes, but they're hard as shit to take off. They're cumbersome, they're just kinda of stupid. So
0: well, if you put on say just a stage one, hmm. As the writer, who's not a techie guy, is he gonna really notice a difference?
2: Yeah, a small in the a small way difference. that the performs? Yeah, you will see a little bit of a difference. Most people are just like they spent the kind of money that it takes to do anything with a Harley and they're like, Oh yeah, this thing's a it's a rocket ship now, you know. They're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, not so. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's adequate. It's, it's good. It runs well. It sounds good. Usually people equate sound with power.
0: But truth be told,
2: if all you are is just
0: the average rider, yeah. you know, just cruising around, mm-hmm. is it worth doing a
2: stage kit? In my opinion, it's always worth it because it's only going to be better. It's It's got to be better than what it was. It might be a minute bit better, but it's better nonetheless And the way I quantify is always better. Yeah, the way I quantify worth is: is it worth it to you? If it's worth it to you to have a a badass sounding bike and have a little bit of extra, and you don't care about the cost, hell yeah, it's worth it.
0: So it's all semantics. It's to the individual. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it really is. Now I will say this: you throw a set of high flow head pipes on there, good mufflers, a good tune, and a high flow air intake you're going to see lower egt's which is going to result in lower engine temperatures as well a little crisper throttle response a little bit more top end response and a little bit more top end pulling power and you're going to have a nice sound nobody likes pulling up on a harley to a big event or where there's people around and that bitch sounds stock like everybody hates that i hate it you know it's it's just the way that it is and it goes back to you're on a harley Harleys have a certain sound. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for that sound and you're paying for that credibility of it seeming more than what it is.
0: Now, what is going to be the net effect of between stage one and stage two with regards to performance?
2: Performance. So with a stage one, you're going to, you're going to yield somewhere around an eight to a 12% increase with a stage two, depending on your cam choice you're going to yield somewhere around a 15% increase. And then the stage three? 15 to 20, relatively. Stage three, you're going to yield somewhere around a 20 to 25% increase. You know, stage four with good head work as well. I was just going to ask,
0: is there something beyond three? Yeah. Not being a mechanic myself. Yeah,
2: there's basically up to a stage five with more of the newer bikes. But if you went from, say, a stock bike to a stage five, In today's world, so say like the new M8s, an M8 114, stock you're gonna yield somewhere around 118 relatively foot pounds of torque. On a stage five, you're gonna see 130s, one maybe 140s with a really good tuner. That's a significant increase. That is a big increase. You're talking about 25 to 30 foot pounds of torque and horsepower. That is something that you definitely feel and you feel it all through the RPM range. So, if you can afford to do it, which again, I know people that spend a shit ton of money in the gas station every single week. If you saved what they spent in the gas station in a month or two months time, your
0: your mileage
2: obviously. You know, it's that's the biggest misconception. It it does, in term, change your fuel mileage a bit. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be in a negative way, though. The more power that you can make the easier the engine's going to get to speed and maintain speed without having to be, you know, with with making 130 foot-pounds of torque and 130 horsepower. Say before on your stock bike, you were riding it, say, 70 miles an hour at 45% throttle. Basically, it's, it's done on percentage, so half throttle, you know, three-eighths to half throttle. So say you're on half throttle, maintaining 70 miles an hour. With all the extra power, you might be able to cut that back to quarter throttle and be able to maintain that same speed. So you see a quarter throttle it balance. Yeah, it, it kind of balances it out. Now, there ain't a freaking person out there that does that. And then is easy on the throttle. They do Otherwise, it for a freaking reason. Point? Yeah, they do it for a reason. So that's typically why you see the biggest drop in fuel mileage is because you're out there ripping that son of a bitch.
0: More power and they're going to use it. <laughs> Well, Tony, I hope that answers your question. I appreciate you uh, checking in with us. And anybody else that wants to have little Mr. Lewis answer a question, or if you got general motorcycle questions, shoot them my way. You can go to OzarkRides.com, go to the podcast page, and just let us know. Now, these next things are questions that I have. I've been reading a lot about, for EPA standards, Uh, having a crate case... Breather installed on your bike aftermarket or do it DIY okay. is very beneficial. So, is it a myth that the oil being blown back into your air filter can kind of over time mess up your pistons?
2: It's a relative term, it really is. So, the amount of oil being pushed back through is the bigger issue there and the bigger thing. Stock motor, say, brand new engine it doesn't really mist any oil back into it it's over time is when it starts misting more oil into your intake so little history on that whole system panheads shovelheads evos they all had an external crankcase ventilation port on the side of the case and what they did was in the earliest days they ran that over to your chain for your drive chain and they used it kind of as an oiler as well. A lot of guys did that after, not really aftermarket, but that's what they did with the crankcase vent. They put a tube onto it, routed it over there to your chain. So when it missed it oil and pushed a little bit out, it went onto your chain. Double duty, right? Yeah. That's kind of why everyone that's kinda says. kind of clever. Yeah. And that's why it was, like, oh, freaking Harleys leaked so much oil. Yeah, they did leak. I mean, you talk about through the 60s and 70s. They had really porous cases, you know, poor machining, really for monetary is what it was really the, the cost of production Everything is
0: the almighty dollar. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's why they leaked so bad. You can make an old bike, not leak. It, I mean, it, it's been proven how I've done it and I'm a piece of shit. So preach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the first Evos were non breather head Evos and shovel heads and all those were non breather heads. So what I say about non breather heads is that there is a tube that, In your cam chest, you have a breather gear. And what that does is there's a little cutout that has a screen on it. And it takes that crankcase pressure and it it turns. And when it turns, it allows it to purge air up through a passage into your cylinder head. And then where your air intake bolts on, there's a hole that goes all the way through there. When you bolt your air intake on, those studs are hollow and two tubes run into your air cleaner. So the EPA says... It's unethical, unnatural, and horrible for the environment for you to to vent crankcase pressure to the atmosphere. Basically, unfiltered, just it's out in the air is what it is, which is freaking stupid as shit. That's why I like all, all small block Chevys and Fords on your valve covers. They have those little breather caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's because there's a little filter in there. It has to be filtered before it's emitted into the atmosphere. So that's the idea of it. Your crankcase has to be able to breathe. Otherwise, it's going to build so much crankcase pressure. It's It's
0: a cheap deal to do. Is it worth doing?
2: Okay, so the catch can theory. Great theory. What it is is instead of those tubes I talked about on the breather heads running into your air intake, there's a stem that drops down, and there's usually they're about one inch in diameter, and there's a filter stacked into there. And what that does is that catches all the oil, as it's being purged out of your engine. And then the crankcase pressure just gets puffed out into the air, whatever. So it's a good way to be legal if you're worried about that. And it's a good way not to have oil run through your intake. The problem there so with it is every so often you have to change those filters that are in those catch cans, or you have to clean them and you have to drain that oil out. Otherwise it's just gonna get so much Back oil. in the old
0: days, we call that preventative maintenance.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's why you see all these these old bikes with those, and they they look oily, and there's oil drips on their engine. But the the can
0: around it is a kind of a clever idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, it cavitates and catches oil, and then that filter soaks it up. But once it soaks it up so much, then you're reducing the amount of crankcase vent that it'll allow. And it's just going to push oil out anyway, because it's got to go somewhere Right. once it gets full. So there's maintenance in having to do that. So... On most engines, when it breathes back into your air intake, it's not as big of a deal because through the nature of gravity, they get pushed into the top. Now, some of those tubes literally go through your intake and then get ported and they end right into your throttle body or your carburetor. I mean, it pushes it directly into there. What I've always done if that was an issue is cut them shorter or reroute them. By doing that, what it does is it changes the oil from being directly shot into your intake. And what what it through gravity, oil is heavier than air, correct? Yeah. So what it'll do is it'll drip into your air cleaner and then it gets filtered through your air cleaner and eventually you'll see it on a lot of old Harleys that patented Harley stain and Harley leak out of the air intake. That's what it is. It's crankcase oil is what it is. Would you
0: do this on a bike you personally owned?
2: If it's an old bike, uh breather head Evo, I would run the external catch cans or frick the what catch cans. What do you cans, call
0: Evo. old? Uh, Evo. Okay.
2: Yeah. Evo. Twin cams, eh, they don't usually, first generation twin cams were worse than, so like the 88 inch twin cam was worse on it than like the 96 and newers. 96 and newers don't usually see much of it. So those don't usually see it near as bad. Now the discrepancy is there is if you're a guy that's super, super hard on your bike, you're gonna see more crankcase oil coming through your, your air box or your breather. It's just how it is. When you rape something that much, shit wears out faster, builds up faster. And you're when you're all the time hard on throttle, it's building more crankcase pressure. So with more crankcase pressure, everything's turning a little bit faster. That oil is not, it's it's more atomized, if you will. So there's more oil in the air because of how fast it's turning in there. It splashes real hard. So more oil molecules get caught up in the air. So that's why you see more oil coming through the crankcase vent. When you're easy on it and not as hard as other people, most of that oil settles before it's able to get caught in the breather system and pushed out. Now, with the twin cams inside the heads, there is a breather section in the head that has a little, not really gauze, it's a a filtering material that's over the top of what's called an umbrella valve. So the umbrella valve is a little plastic piece that gets popped into your rocker box plates. And what it does is it seals. It's kind of like a one-way valve. So it seals, but when it gets a, a pulse, it opens up and lets pressure come out. So it's kind of like... In the old EMS days, a flailing chest wound, Mm -hmm. you always put a piece of cellophane over it and leave one corner open.
0: We used to call those a sucking chest wound.
2: Yeah, exactly. So what it's doing is effectively when the pulse comes up, it pushes this little umbrella valve up, air comes out, and then directly over the top of that is your filter. Okay. catches the oil. The air still gets to get pushed through it, and then it runs out your breather system. So as the bike gets older and those saturate with oil, it's a maintenance thing that you need to do change that filter out in the umbrella valve, and then you're good for a long time again. So most of the time, it's just about maintenance. That's a harder maintenance because the rocker box top has to come off and the plate has to come off on early twin cams to change that. Later twin cams, 96, 103, whatever. Top rocker box can come off. And then there's a center section that has two 3-8 bolts in it. You pull that out and you change your breather valve and your breather filter. Put it back on, reassemble, you're good. Do you got chew in your mouth or did your wife sock you? In the no, way? I've got Copenhagen in my stream, Jack Daniels, and I'm sipping on Miller Lite. Well, sipping, but it's whatever. It's a
0: good day for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's just getting started. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of all the tech stuff to the best of a lamer's per perspective of it, right? Yeah. Of how the system works, what the other options are. Give you the idea that there are better options, but they're pretty good just as they are.
0: Well, I think we'll wrap it up right there. We've yapped on enough about all kinds of things. Uh, if you have a question, as I said, go to OzarkRides.com. Go to the podcast page, and you can fill out the questionnaire and let us know what's on your mind. We'll answer any question you got. It doesn't even have to be motorcycle-related. Yeah. You're stepping into a dangerous territory if you do that. But we'll Just take it Just for on.
2: anybody who's wondering... I wear a size shovel head and square body Chevy. That's what I wear.
0: (laughs) That'll be fine. Sure. So until next time, always ride safe and keep it on two wheels.